Today we're going to shift gears in our study of spirit of the Antichrist as we uh, move beyond the spirit of pretense where we spent the last several sessions and several videos have covered all the different examples of the spirit of pretense today. And then part 10, the last video in this series, talked about how to avoid or overcome this spirit of pretense or deception. Today we're going to move into the second uh, subject in this series, and that is the spirit of phenomena. And we're going to cover today UFOs, UAPs, and the U.S. government. So for those who may just be tuning in to this series uh, for the first time, let's again lay the foundation very quickly. The Bible is clear that the spirit of the Antichrist is already in the world. And in fact, that many Antichrists have come, even though one Antichrist, capital A, is coming in the future to rule the world during the one world government for seven years prior to the return of Christ to establish his kingdom. Uh, the Apostle Paul told us that during this present church age, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And later he would tell Timothy that the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, specifically giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So this series is called The Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. And we're talking about different ways in which the Spirit of the Antichrist is manifest. We spent a great deal of time covering the spirit of pretense, since that is at the core of this series, the gathering cloud of deception. But now we're going to move on to some other uh, manifestations. We know that in the last days, perilous times will come, uh, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3.1. One of the last letters that Paul wrote in 67 AD, and he's already reminding us when the church is only 34 years old at that point, that we're in for some tough times as Satan seeks to overcome God in this cosmic struggle between good and evil and seeks to uh, take over the world and usher in a one world system where everyone worships him. And if you understand uh, the Bible as I do, Bible prophecy is, is quite clear that that's going to happen under the regime of the Antichrist, the man who's called the man of sin, the son of perdition. Uh, the beast, and so forth. Uh, so we've talked a lot about, in the earlier videos in this series, the biblical basis for the teaching on the Antichrist. So if you're just now watching this video for the first time, I hope you're not just going to assume that I'm making a bunch of speculative remarks. There's a biblical basis for what we're talking about. And I've broken down this series into seven manifestations. Today, if the spirit of Antichrist is already at work in the world today, uh, what are some of the manifestations of that? So, as I said, we spent a great deal of time on the spirit of pretense, and now we're going to spend a couple of weeks on this idea of the spirit of phenomena. Uh, another notable aspect of the Antichrist's reign that we see in Scripture is going to be that he uses his signs, wonders, and paranormal phenomena to deceive the world. We see this mentioned in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. The coming of the lawless one is in according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders. So you see the idea there of signs and wonders. Jesus himself warned that during that final seven-year period, and he's talking at that time to the nation of Israel, the church, the body of Christ, will not be present on the earth during the great day of the Lord's wrath, that final seven-year period. Uh, time of Jacob's trouble, the 70th week of Daniel, the overflowing scourge. Uh, we don't have time in this video to make that case uh, biblically, but I've done that in previous videos. And in future videos, we're going to take the time to lay that out very plainly from Daniel chapter 9. 
So the church won't go through the great day of the Lord's wrath, that seven-year period when Satan is ruling through the Antichrist. But by the way, I might interject, that does not mean the church won't have to face some horrific times. And indeed, it would be naive to think that somehow uh, the Bible teaches the church will be rescued before things get really bad. It's been really bad for God's church, the body of Christ, for many people in the last 2,000 years. And even right now today, it's very bad uh, for many people who are facing persecution and death. The promise of Scripture in the great blessed hope of the rapture is that Christ will rescue the church, meet him in the air prior to the establishment of that seven-year tribulation when the Antichrist takes the helm. So Christ, speaking of that seven-year period to the nation of Israel, warns that false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders. So again, we see that in that final moment, those final few years prior to the establishment of the long-awaited messianic kingdom on earth, Satan is going to do incredible phenomenalistic signs and wonders. There will be an uptick. So at this point, we're just making the case for this biblically. Then I'm going to come back here in a few moments and ask the question, are we seeing an uptick in any of that phenomenalistic activity today, prior uh, to the unveiling of the Antichrist? The book of Joel in the Old Testament prophesied that prior to the return of Christ and the inauguration of the kingdom, God says, I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Uh, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And specifically in that context, he's talking about that final climactic moment when Christ comes back and uh, at the battle of Armageddon and takes the throne, defeats uh, Satan and the Antichrist, puts Satan in prison for a thousand years, puts the Antichrist and his false prophet in uh, the everlasting, or the lake of fire rather, the lake of fire at that point when he comes back. Uh, going back to the quotes from our Lord Jesus himself, he said here in the Olivet Discourse, same context as the Matthew quote, uh, there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences, and watch this, there will be, be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Again, this is Jesus prophesying that in those latter days, right before his return, there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. He goes on in that same context to talk about how there will be signs in the sun, moon, and in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations. Watch this. With perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Things are going to become so uh, phenomenalistic. That's really the best word. An, an uptick in paranormal, uh, otherworldly types of things that are not explainable through the normal means of science and rationality and logic unbelievable signs that will cause distress of the nations. Jesus goes on, men's hearts will fail them from the fear and the expectations of those things which are coming on the earth, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So again, we see this prophecy in Scripture of uh, phenomena associated with the reign of the Antichrist and the return of the one true Christ. Now let's turn our attention to the book of Revelation, where chapter 13 gives us a lot of information about that final world ruler, the Antichrist, who comes into power supported by a supernatural and miraculous deliverance by Satan himself. Uh, look at what he says. I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. Now there's different views on this passage. 
But I strongly believe, based on a comparison of Scripture with Scripture, that this is referring to a literal mortal wound that Antichrist receives. He literally dies and is revived. Uh, Note how the world marveled. I'm not sure there would be a worldwide marveling if it was simply just a bad injury from which he recovered. Moreover, we see later on in this same chapter where we read, He, this is the false prophet, the second in command, exercises all the authority of the first beast, the Antichrist, in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, watch this, whose deadly wound was healed. Again, in Greek, it certainly uh, makes it seem clear that we're dealing with a mortal wound on the part of the Antichrist. Again, going on in verse 13, he, again, here, he is the second beast, the second in command, the, the sidekick of the Antichrist. So the book of Revelation describes them as the beast, the Antichrist, and the false prophet, his sidekick, or second in command. So the sidekick here, the second beast, performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven. So again, this is not normal phenomena. This is paranormal type of things that are going to increase, and for seven years we're going to see paranormal activity the likes of which the world has never seen. Some of it will be at the hands of the wrath of Almighty God through the seal, trumpet, and bold judgments. Some of it will be through the wrath of Satan himself through the Antichrist. But this cosmic struggle between good and evil is going to reach a climax during this seven-year period, and one of the hallmarks of that time is the increase in phenomena. Verse 14, Revelation chapter 13. He deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. Again, this is the second in command, the false prophet. Telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. And again, we've looked at other passages that indicates that he was killed. Uh, He goes on. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, uh, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause people to, uh, who do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So this is another phenomenon. How can an image, I mean, we think image here, we think of like a golden statue like Nebuchadnezzar created for himself or like the children of Israel did uh, in the wilderness. But this is an image that is going to speak. It's going to have power to kill people. Um, so what is this phenomena? What is the image of the beast that Revelation is talking about here? Could it be holograms? Could it be clones? We see all kinds of cloning technology today. Or could it be artificial intelligence robots that simulate uh, human beings, so cyborg-type activity? What, what is it? But whatever it is, it's going to not be normal for an image to speak and cause people to die. Later on in chapter 16 of Revelation, this is in the days right before the second coming, right before the Battle of Armageddon, we read, They are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to to the battle on that great day of God Almighty, the battle of Armageddon. So there can be no doubt that phenomena and a phenomenalistic type of activity will be very much a part of the Antichrist's regime. But remember, the Bible says the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. And as we continue on in this present church age. We've talked about earlier how the Apostle Paul reminds us things are going to get worse and worse and worse, 2 Timothy 3.13. So it's natural that this spirit of the Antichrist will get worse and worse and worse. And so is it likely that we will see an uptick in phenomena in the years leading up to 
the, the, the end times. Now, again, I'm not setting a date here. I'm just making observations. Uh, I do not believe we can pick a date on which the rapture will happen. It is a, a, a signless event. It is uh, a, an imminent prophecy, meaning it could happen at any time. And there are no unfulfilled prophecies that must occur before the rapture. The rapture is the next great prophetic event to which the world looks forward. Nevertheless, Jesus tells us to look to the sky and discern the weather, and similarly, we ought to discern the signs of the times. And so I'm asking, is the spirit of phenomena something we see happening in recent years? And we could spend a great deal of time on this. We could spend 10 weeks on this or more like we did on the spirit of pretense. But uh, I'm going to kind of sum it all up in two sessions. And today we want to start simply by going back to 1947. So we're not going to go back through the centuries and trace throughout the church age the, the presence of phenomena. But we are going to start in 1947. 1947 is a key year. You know, that's the year following World War II that ultimately led to the establishment of Israel as a, as a nation state again uh, in May of 1948. And that's when we begin to see, at least in America, the first real uh, prevalent signs of UFOs on, in America. So we know that in 1947, the U.S. government began investigating UFO sightings through a secret uh, project called Project Sign, which was later uh, changed to uh, Project Grudge in 1949. These are all declassified uh, documents. Now, why would the government suddenly start investigating these things if there wasn't something to investigate? And let me interject right here at the beginning. We're going to get to this later, but lest you sort of turn it off and stop watching the video because you think I'm talking about little green men and Martians and, and aliens. That's not what I believe is going on with this phenomenon. Many people do, and it's really worth studying that um, because it's, we all really need to know what's happening, how we interpret what's happening might be different. We believe that the Bible is the only standard for truth, so we interpret all of these things through Scripture, and Scripture certainly does not allow for aliens from other planets, but it does allow for interdimensional, spiritual, demonic, and angelic type of beings. And so I'll just kind of leave it at that for now, but we'll come to that in a moment. But why, regardless of what people think those things are or what the government thought they were. Why would the government launch these secret projects to investigate these things if there wasn't something to investigate? Well, we know that the Roswell incident happened on June 14, 1947, well documented. And we also know that that same year, the Kenneth Arnold UFO sighting occurred about 10 days later on June 24th in 1947, when private pilot Kenneth Arnold saw a string of nine shiny, unidentified flying objects flying across Mount Rainier at speeds that Arnold estimated to be a minimum of 1,200 miles per hour. Well, Project Sign and Project Grudge became Project Blue Book. It started in 1952, and it had two goals. Number one, to determine if UFOs were a threat to national security, and two, to scientifically analyze UFO-related data. Uh, so Project Blue Book is not some conspiracy that is not documented. It is a conspiracy, indeed, between the government and the military agencies to examine these unexplainable uh, phenomena, uh, but this is not uh, something that is, is not uh, well documented. We can certainly document it from declassified uh, documents as well as whistleblowers and leaked documents and things like that. There's been a lot written about it. Uh, there was even a History Channel currently ongoing uh, sort of docu-series about 
Project Blue Book that takes real literal uh, Project Blue Book cases from the files and sort of spins them a little bit and, and adds actors and a little bit of a, a literary license and and, 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 and turns them into um, a, a movie or you know different documentaries. And it's really fascinating to watch, by the way. It might also interest you that there is a connection uh, between Spielberg's movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Project uh, Blue Book. I'll show you this little short video uh, right here. When Spielberg made his movie, the um, Close, Encounters? Close Encounters, he actually had ufologists or ufologists or whatever advising him on, on, on how that all worked. Yeah. Well, the lead character in the movie was a Frenchman. Uh, I think the character's name was Lacombe, but it was based upon a real ufologist by the name of the Jacques Vallée, and he was a contemporary of another gentleman called Dr. J. Allen Hynek. They're both physical scientists, and those two gentlemen were collaborators, and the movie was actually based around, you know, sort of their research and the, mis the mysterious things that they'd found out. In fact, Hynek, even more interestingly, was a government researcher under a project called Blue Book. The U.S. government has investigated UFOs for over 40 years in different projects. And he found that, you know, the majority could be explained naturally or as either man-made phenomena, but he said there was a mysterious element that defied naturalistic explanation. These craft have been seen to change shapes. Uh, they defy the laws of physics. You know, American fighter pilots have gone up, seen these balls of light and shot at them, and they've disappeared before their eyes. They've disappeared off radar screens. So as a physical scientist, he said, well, there's a, a mystery there that I need to solve. So you can see uh, that this is uh, something that has been ongoing for uh, some time and uh, has, um, you know, just a lot of factual basis to it. So the, the spirit of phenomena, you might be thinking, okay, well, you know, 1940s, Project Blue Book, okay, that was, you know, shoot, 50, 60, 70 years ago. So what does that have to do with today? Well, I'm glad you asked. You know, the ATIP program was recently disclosed, uh, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program led by Luis Elizondo. It was uh, said to have ended in 2012, but uh, this was a defense intelligence agency, DIA uh, program, started in 2007, and again, led by this Luis Elizondo. During congressional hearings in the June of, 20, of 2020, this year, just a few months ago, it was admit, admitted that a similar program continued after uh, 20. Uh, 12 under the direction of the U.S. Office of Naval Intelligence. So the Navy Intelligence Office uh, has what's called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. Notice that phenomena is in the name. The program was detailed in a June 2020 hearing of the United States Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. After that June 2020 Senate Select Committee hearing, Senator Marco Rubio released uh, requested the release of video footage from this uh, task force uh, and, and was really concerned that this could, these phenomena could create a national uh, crisis and could be a real threat uh, to our uh, security. So UFOs and the study of UFOs are still very prevalent. Um, they're just called UAPs now, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, which I find Fascinating. Now I'm going to show you two clips from mainstream news, one from CNN, one from Fox News, to show you that this is not stuff that's just out there, you know, on the fringe for tinfoil hat type people. This is in recent months. Both of these clips are from the last couple of months. Uh, this has become a big 
big deal. So first we'll take a look at the CNN uh, clip. Commander David Fravor still can't explain what he says he saw that day. November 2004, the Navy fighter pilot was on a training mission west of San Diego when he was ordered to check out something in the water not far away. On a clear day, over a smooth ocean, he saw the object, waves breaking over it, and says he saw something hovering above it. It's randomly moving north-south, east-west, just random, you know, just stopping, going the other direction, like you could do with a helicopter, but a little bit more uh, abrupt. And it looks like a 40-foot-long tic-tac with no wings. Fravor says he and his four-man team tracked the object for several minutes until it just disappeared. Tonight, CNN has learned the Pentagon had a secretive program to research UFOs like the one Fravor spotted. The project was called the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, run by an official named Luis Elizondo. I think this is a national security imperative. We have clear things that we do not understand how they work operating in areas that we can't control. A defense official tells CNN the program cost at least $22 million over five years before it was shut down in 2012. According to the New York Times and Politico, which first reported this story, tens of millions of dollars for the project were pushed through by former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. Okay, now let's take a look at the uh, let's take a look at the Fox News uh, clip. Well, much of the media have mocked the existence of unidentified flying objects. The U.S. Pentagon has been studying this subject for quite a long time and apparently will soon release some of its findings, which remain classified. According to a new report in The New York Times, the U.S. government may have physical evidence of, and we're quoting, off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Huh. The government has also released footage of UFO sightings, including a 2004 encounter recorded from an advanced Navy fighter jet. Commander David Fravor is a retired naval aviator who once saw something he could not explain, that science can't explain. We're honored to have him on tonight. Mr. Fravor, thanks so much for coming on. So tell us if you think this is being misinterpreted. According to The New York Times, the U.S. government has physical evidence of some sort of vehicle made not on this earth. Is it what it sounds like? Well, it sounds that way to me, Tucker. I just, uh, you know, I never want to speculate what the government truly yes. has, but uh, I would say there's stuff out there. I mean, uh, the four of us that chased the, the Tic Tac in 2004 will have attested to it multiple times that what we saw exceeded anything that we had in our inventory, far superior to the airplanes that we were flying in at the time they were brand new. So. I would say, yes, there's something out there, and hopefully the government does have stuff. So um, when we, we spoke before about this, and you suggested that the object you saw that you chased, the Tic Tac, behaved mm -hmm. in ways that challenged your understanding of, of aeronautics, of physics, and that you didn't think it was likely that that object was, belonged to a foreign military. Um, do you think the U.S. government has concluded that this is not Russia, China, or some other country? I'm pretty sure of that, that, uh, you know, just by some of the phone calls that we have gotten, some of the people that we have talked to in the government, that they are unaware of what this is. And I think that ties directly with the East Coast sighting with the gimbal video. And I'd be willing to say, just because uh, I'm in contact with a lot of these people, that there are more yeah. incidents that are starting to come out 
that people are starting to report inside the government channels of things that they've seen. And I think you're seeing it from people in the past because it always had that taboo to come out and talk about these things. You're now finding people from the past that are saying, hey, I saw this. I just was never told to report it. Or when I did, I was told not to say anything. Yes. So I, th I think since 2017, the world is starting to change because of the publicity because of the attention of the Senate and the Congress, because of people like Marco Rubio and the Intel Committee of telling the, the uh, DOD, hey, I want to report, I think you're starting to see more and more of that. And I would say if, if, if the government does have stuff, and I don't know what they have, but if they do, I would think that, you know, there's probably stuff. Gigo Roswell was 73 years ago. If something did happen, because there's a lot of speculation that there was something other than a weather balloon, where's all that at? Yeah. I mean, if just, just by odds, something would be here. So that raises the question, why all the secrecy? I mean, clearly the U.S. government has lied to the public for maybe 73 years. Why do you think? Uh, well, you know, if we go back to, like, Project Blue Book and go, you know, it was done, it really did two things. One, it investigated occurrences and sightings that people saw. The other one was it primarily was sent to out to debunk, to prove that it wasn't or to make excuses of why it wasn't. I don't know why. I think some of it was trying to capture that technology. But... If something lands in your front yard, there's no reason to deny that it existed or, right. you know, or for the government to cover it up. Because, you know, if it's not collected by some means that's going to question our national security or our, our offensive or defensive capabilities, then why would you hide it? I, 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 that just baffles me. Just like our incident, why wasn't it thoroughly investigated at the time for yeah. something that literally could penetrate a battle group spaces and they did nothing? I mean, there was nothing done until really about 2009. It's, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a story here that a lot of us can't wait to see. Finally, do you feel vindicated? Uh, I never, you could say that, but I never, you know, most of the fellow aviators that know the group of us, we were never, like, chastised or, I mean, you get ribbed, but it was never, like, you're crazy or anything like that. Right. Uh, but I know there are people that do have that fear of coming out saying, you know, that it's going to ruin their career. And for me, it, it just wasn't it. the, the it wasn't it was never the case. Right. With us. Well, that's that's the beauty of being a naval aviator. People take you seriously by definition. Uh, Commander, well, thanks yes. so much. And I, I, well, I try and be sober and believable for you, Tucker. <laughs> and, and you are. And we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So you can see this is, uh, you know, whatever you think of them, clearly this is something that uh, needs uh, some explaining, right? And it's phenomenalistic. And, uh, you know, the New York Times actually broke this story back in December 16, 2017. That was a pretty significant day because for decades, literally, uh, those who have studied and understood the reality of UFOs, again, setting aside what you think they are, that they exist is a fact not in dispute. The government has spent literally millions upon millions of dollars studying these things uh, for decades. But the, the New York Times broke the story. And, uh, and, and they broke the story of Luis Elizondo and that ATIP uh, program. And, and they interviewed uh, Commander Fravor, like we just saw the news uh, media, Fox News and CNN uh, do. Uh, so, you know, this is a, a phenomena. What is it? How do we explain it? And why now? You know, why is it that, you know, for since 1947, different government and military agencies, and this is just America, by the way, we're not even going to dive into what Russia and China have been doing, but have been studying these things, and only now it's sort of rising to the fore. Uh, so, you know, here's just some uh, 
pictures taken from uh, the airplanes, the, the military aircraft. This is uh, off of the USS Nimitz Carrier Strike Group for off the coast of San Diego. And uh, this was Commander Fravor's uh, aircraft. And here's a picture. You can see the Tic Tac. That's why he, uh, it's called the Tic Tac UFO because that's what he dubbed it in uh, the video. Uh, here's some FLIR footage, forward-looking infrared cameras uh, of, of the uh, same object. Uh, this is the Gimbal UFO. This is from 2014 and 2015 when um, the USS Roosevelt Carrier Strike Group off the East Coast uh, had multiple sightings uh, by several pilots and other Navy personnel encountering these uh, strange objects. And, and this one's called the Go Fast UFO. Off the same carrier strike group, group off the East Coast, the USS Roosevelt, uh, again, FLIR footage uh, showing uh, this type of uh, UFO. But, you know, this is, this, this is just one example that has recently come to light of hundreds upon hundreds of files and research and reports from military officers, commercial aircraft uh, pilots, private pilots, and many, many, many others. Uh, for example, perhaps you've heard of the Phoenix Lights, sometimes referred to in the literature as the Lights Over Phoenix. This was a series of widely cited unidentified flying objects or UFOs observed over the skies uh, uh, over Arizona, Nevada, and, and Mexican state of Sonora, March 13, 1997. It got widespread coverage, but people have short attention spans. You know, until recently, and even to some degree now, when you talked about UFOs, uh, people just think, oh, you're a, a crazy conspiracy theorist, you know. Uh, but like we've talked about, that phrase conspiracy theorist is a government-created psyop to use as a uh, just a label to make people think uh, you're not logical. But uh, yeah, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I believe the government has been conspiring to hide this information from us for decades. I think government agencies have been conspiring together to document and record and, and to tabulate and investigate these types of uh, sightings. You better believe there are a lot of people involved in this. But this uh, Phoenix Lights occurred again March 13, 1997, between 7.30 and 10.30 Mountain Time, uh, over an area of about 300 miles from the Nevada line through Phoenix to the edge of Tucson. And, um, and, and this was, again, you know, widely uh, covered. There have been many UFO uh, sightings, and, and people have been talking about this, uh, you know, for, for, forever. I want to show you another quick uh, clip here uh, uh, from the... Uh, from several of several military pilots speaking and talking about uh, their experiences. So uh, watch this uh, particular uh, clip here. Over the years, there have been numerous disclosure conferences held at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. On each occasion, large numbers of ex-U.S. Air Force and other military officers, sometimes 80 or more, gave personal testimonies regarding their own UFO sightings. Unknown aerial objects have in fact been observed over many of our nuclear weapons bases and other nuclear facilities and in some cases the appearance of these objects uh, coincided with compromising our, the operational readiness of our nuclear weapons. There were three or four objects in the north, brightly colored, changing from elliptical to round and moving at very high speed and sharp angular movements as though they were doing a grid search. We can clearly say based on radar data, which are empirical, not anecdotal, 
that these objects have been tracked since the early 1950s, if not earlier, traveling up to 7,000 miles per hour, making right angle turns at high rates of speed, instantaneously hovering, reversing course. If we or the Russians or any country on Earth had those kinds of craft in the early 50s, why have we spent the last several decades developing fixed-wing aircraft of far inferior abilities? Uh, these are clearly, in my view, a technology uh, from somewhere else pi piloted by beings from obviously another world or another dimension. Now, Heineck and Valet and many others who've investigated the UFO phenomenon don't necessarily believe these are alien spacecraft. In fact, they came to the conclusion it was something much stranger and most likely interdimensional. The evidence is overwhelming that people from all over the world and all walks of life have seen unidentified flying objects, with most believing that these are spaceships from another planet or another star system. So, again, I want to say special thanks to uh, Gary Bates and the folks there at Creation Ministries. That's a clip that I took from uh, Alien Intrusion. But in that context, it kind of uh, makes you, you know, wonder uh, why Trump launched the Space Force. You know, here we are, it's, it's 2020. Uh, it's the sixth branch of the armed services, the first new military branch since the Air Force was created in 1947. 16,000 Air Force active duty and civilian personnel being assigned to the Space Force. It's based out of Colorado Springs. I've actually talked to folks that work there. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, I'm just a, a pastor and a t Bible teacher. I don't know the real agenda behind it, but I know that it's got to be pretty significant that here, all of a sudden, in the midst of the disclosure of UFOs for the first time, and I don't use disclosure in a technical sense that ufologists use it to mean that the government has admitted they've talked to little green Martians. That's not what I mean. But we certainly have disclosed that there's a very real government agency and program after program monitoring and investigating this stuff for decades, going back to 1947. So that finally achieves the light of day, even though they've been denying it for decades. And then shortly thereafter, after exposing it on mainstream networks and the Fox News and CNN and then in mainstream print media like the New York Times, we establish the Space Force. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting to me. Uh, certainly anything having to do with UFOs or UFP, UAPs falls into the category of phenomena. And Donald Trump, by the way, is by no means the first uh, U.S. president to focus on threats from outer space. I'm going to play another couple short clips uh, from President Reagan and before the UN General Assembly, and then another quote uh, from uh, Jimmy uh, Carter. The quote is uh, someone uh, voicing over his quote, but he actually said this um, at a campaign stop uh, some time ago. So watch these two clips, Reagan, and then uh, we've got the Carter clip. In our obsession with antagonisms of the moment, we often forget how much unites all the members of humanity. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. It was the darndest thing I've ever seen. It was big. It changed colors, and it was about the size of the moon. 
We watched it for 10 minutes, but none of us could figure out what it was. One thing's for sure, I'll never make fun of people who say they've seen unidentified flying objects in the sky. If I become president, I'll make every piece of information this country has about UFO sightings available to the public and the scientists. I'm convinced that UFOs exist because I've seen one. So you can see UFOs have been on the radar of top-level U.S. government officials for, for many, many years, and we've documented that that goes back to uh, 1947. But what are we to make of this? So I want to close out this particular video, the first of two that I'm going to do on the spirit of phenomena, uh, by showing you a clip from uh, a man I highly respect, uh, Johnny Hunt. Uh, I've done some work with him, had the privilege of uh, sharing the stage with him at different events and conferences, and just think very highly of him. Uh, he's a former president of the Southern Baptist Convention, and uh, he was interviewed in uh, Gary Bates' uh, documentary, Alien Intrusion, and sort of talking about what, what, is, what does all of this mean, and what are we to make of you know, these, these claims of alien intrusion and this demonic and spiritual and paranormal type activity. And so I thought this was uh, very well said. Uh, so we'll show this clip and then we'll come back here in just a moment and uh, close out this particular video. Jesus, whom the Bible indicates is God in the flesh, submitted himself during his trial before the Roman leader Pontius Pilate and stated, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is from another place. And his disciples noted in 2 Peter 1.16 that we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, the Bible tells us that these supernatural visitors throughout the ages are known as angels who are fighting an interdimensional war over the souls of mankind, the very ones that Jesus Christ came to redeem. Now, culturally, when one thinks of angels, our minds are drawn to images of ethereal spirit beings with fairy wings, but that's not how the scripture records them. When they appear, they often appear physically, can eat, can inflict great harm upon humans in some cases. The Bible also indicates that many of these experiences with spirit beings, sometimes called demons, are deceptive in nature. That's why the Bible's very clear about having nothing to do with them. Unless one has a certain level of discernment about the experience, you are likely to be tricked into believing in something that is not true. For example, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it, it tells us this. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. So the other uh, pastor there in that clip was uh, Jim Suttle, uh, who pastors, uh, uh, I believe it's a Calvary Chapel there in um, in, New, in Roswell, New Mexico. How cool would it be to, to pastor in Roswell, New Mexico, sort of the epicenter of all this paranormal activity that started in 1947. Uh, so uh, now UFOs are not the only phenomena uh, that we see occurring today. And in the next video, uh, we're going to dive into some other paranormal activity. 
that is sort of, in my opinion, seeing an uptick uh, in the news and in experience and uh, just uh, kind of all over the place as we answer the question, uh, is the spirit of Antichrist, in particular the spirit of phenomena, uh, prevalent today and leading the way and setting the stage for uh, the spirit of phenomena that will be so prevalent when the Antichrist takes the throne. So I encourage you to uh, stay tuned and watch that other video as soon as we uh, post it.